You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. fight that took place. It was very costly. God lost his only son. He gave up his only son to win the battle. Think of the cost. The huge cost. When we stand up for righteousness, a spiritual battle takes place. You proclaim to be a Christian, prove it. A spiritual battle takes place when you stand up for righteousness. Remember though, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's not ours to fight. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dave, he reminds you that every time you stand up for righteousness, a battle takes place. Your job as a follower of Christ is to stand for righteousness and justice. Remember, though, that the battle always belongs to the Lord. He fights for you. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 13 as he continues his message, Your Choice, Victory or Casualty. When you're in the mission field and you're serving Christ and you're get, you get tired, you get weary. No, it says don't be weary of doing good. You get weary, you get tired, you get downbeaten. Satan's right there. He's right there waiting for you at your weakest moment to test you. And that happens in your lives today. You have a bad day at work. You have a bad day with your kids. You have a bad day with your spouse. Have a bad day, just bad day. You wake up grumpy. And, and, and he's right there waiting to see how he can trip you up. And he wants to question the word of God, and he wants to question what you're doing as a Christian. You think you're so hot and mighty here, look at this. And he questions everything in your life. And everything in your life seems to be helter-skelter and crazy. And he's just sitting back there going, has God said that you would have this? You know, he questions constantly. But we have the power in Jesus Christ to overcome that because Christ has overcome it. We don't overcome it. Christ has overcome it. He's the overcomer. And in him, we have victory. But we need to stay close to him. This is when the battle heats up. Remember the lion on the animal planet looking for the weak one. You're tired. You're uncomfortable. Your surroundings, the battle begins in earnest. In verses 6 through 8, we move on. It says, Now when they had gone through the island of Patphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. And if you can't see the battle lines drawn here, You need to look at very carefully. You have somebody who's opposing the faith. He's opposing the word of God. And he's drawing a battle line and he's saying, I'm going to turn this guy away. I mean, if you're a Christian and you're in the mission field or you're just a Christian walking around in your life and somebody, I forget who it was that somebody said this happened to them. When you're just walking around in your day to day and somebody comes up to you and goes, tell me about Jesus. You go, you look around like, what? Is this a setup? I mean, those are the words every Christian wants to hear. Tell me about Jesus. Okay, (laughs) sure, I'll tell you about Christ. But that's what happens here. This guy, this proconsul. Now, proconsul is a governor. He's a Roman. He's a governor. And he comes to him and goes, I want to hear about Christ. I want to hear about God. They're like, whoa, this is great. So they start telling him. But he has this, this sorcerer. 
They, they traveled hard. They were preaching the gospel. And they meet this guy and this sorcerer. The sorcerer wants to keep him from coming to the Lord. A real battle takes place here. And in this battle, like we said, there's going to be victory and there's going to be a casualty. They meet this guy. His name is Bar-Jesus. It means son of Jesus. Jesus is the Greek name for the Hebrew word Joshua. Yeshua. And that means God is my salvation. It's a very, very common name. Very, very common name back in those days. But that's what it meant. This means Bar-Jesus, son of Jesus. And many think that he claimed to be a descendant of Jesus because he was intent on getting Jesus' mystical powers, so he thought. He was a sorcerer. But we're really soon told exactly who his father is. Ilimus means skillful one. That's his name. He means skillful one. And he obviously had power or control over the pro-council. But the pro-council was seeking the one true living God. And this sets in motion this inevitable spiritual battle. Spiritual battle. They're about to clash. The spirits are about to clash. Spiritual warfare, believe me, is not some mythical fantasy. It's real, and it happens today. Satan always wants to keep us off guard by not believing in spiritual warfare, by not believing that he even exists. There's a book I have by Brian Broderson. It's entitled Spiritual Warfare. How about that? It says, quote, One of the most effective strategies is to keep us ignorant of the existence of this warfare. Sometimes we say, oh, that doesn't happen. Don't be ignorant here, folks. It happened. It's real. It's real. We have a real enemy. As believers, we need to know that it's real. If you've ever read one of my favorite books, C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters. I love C.S. Lewis and the Screwtape Letters. It's fantastic. He says, the demons hail with delight at those who disbelieve their existence. In other words, if you don't believe that they exist, the demons are going, well, we got this one. This is cool. They don't even believe we're here. So first of all, believe that they're there. We cannot live in oblivion to these things, to the spiritual realm. Believe me when I say it's real. When it comes to the souls of men and women and children, Satan will put up one whale of a fight for their soul. When it comes to keeping a Christian down and underfoot, he's at it best. And trust me on this one, folks. When it comes to dividing a church, Satan never misses a beat. He's ever, ever present, and he's ever, ever attacking. We must be watchful for his schemes. We must be on the lookout for him. We must arm ourselves with the word of God. We must pray without ceasing, and we must worship him in spirit and truth. We must keep our minds focused on Jesus Christ. In Philippians, Paul, writing about this very thing, says in Philippians 4, 8, I love this verse. He says, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He just got finished saying, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, present your request to the Lord, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And then he says this. You want to know how to keep that peace in your heart? He says, meditate on those things that he just said, whatever's true, pure, virtuous, lovely, good report. Jesus. Meditate on Jesus. Meditate on him, your Savior, Remember when we talked about meditation? Cal, sitting there chewing his cud all day long. That's what meditation is. Just reading the word and meditating on it. 
and let it just sink into you richly. Let it sink into you and, and build you up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. When we read the Word of God, when we listen to the Word of God, our faith is strengthened and we're built up. Just mm, chew on that. It's so rich and meaty. It's so rich. If you can only handle milk right now because you're a new believer, take the milk. Take all you can get. But as you grow and as you develop, you're going to want the meat of the word. You're going to want the true essence of the word, and you're going to want your heart to be filled with it, and it becomes a desire to know it better. And the more you know it, the stronger you become. I'm not saying you're going to, it, you'll never be attacked. I'm not saying things aren't going to go wrong. I'm not saying your circumstances are going to be perfect. You don't hear that. There is a battle going on, the battle going on. And we get back to the present battle in Acts 13. Hughes calls this a bare-knuckle, heart-thumping confrontation. I like that. Kind of like a WWF wrestling match. That's what we are, you know? Every time I think of WWF, I think of the old Hulk, Hulkster, Hulk Hogan, you know? I used to love those matches. I, was, I, I liked that kind of stuff. I was crazy for that. That was fun. Because these guys, you know, Hulk Hogan would get thrown around the ring. He'd get beat up. He'd get bloodied. He would be pounded on and pounded on and pounded on. And, and he would jump. And they would, I mean, this, these little guys would just beat him all over the place for like 10, 15 minutes of the round. He could hardly get up. And he'd pound him. And then all of a sudden, he'd be lying down. And he'd raise his hand. Everybody'd start cheering. And he'd get up and he'd rip his shirt. And, you know, that's us in Christ. When we're getting beat down, when we're getting hammered by Satan, we can put our hand up and go, praise God, and we can stand up in victory. We can stand up in victory and say, we're not fighting the fight. He's fighting the fight. When Satan comes knocking at your door, open the door and go, big brother, this is for you. And let Jesus take care of it. Let Christ take care of it. But Barnabas, they were fighting. You know what? This must have been very frightening to some of them. And I think it was one of the reasons why John Mark left. He was afraid. He sees this guy. I mean, Paul didn't mess around with words. He didn't call him, oh, you nice man. He said, no, you son of the devil. You don't know who your father is. You're a devil. They found out that there's a cost when you're sincere about your service for the Lord. There's a cost. There's a cost when you want to see your family's life change. There's a cost. There's a cost when you want to help the needy. There's a cost when you want to give of your heart. There's a cost when you take a stand for righteousness. There's a cost. If you're sincere in your relationship about the Lord, there is a cost. And Jesus spoke about this cost. He spoke about this cost in Luke 14 in in verses 26 through 33. It's rather lengthy, but let me read it to you. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sister, yes, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish at least, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish? All who see it begin to mock him and saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still great way off, sends a delegation and asks for peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all, he cannot be my disciple. What? I got to hate my mom and dad? No, that's not what it's saying. Jesus needs to be priority of our lives. Jesus becomes first in our lives. If I love Jesus with my whole heart, if I give Jesus everything I am, then I can love my family so much better. 
ask my wife the change that happened when I accepted Christ in my life, how he rearranged our marriage and made our marriage what we always wanted to be. But I had to submit to the Lord first. And I've said this before at this very forum. I love the fact that I know in my wife's heart, I'm number two. And in my heart, she's number two also. And that's not lowering her at all. It means that Christ is number one. It means our relationship with Christ is first and foremost. And that's what Jesus is saying here. When you stand up for righteousness and he becomes your number one priority, you're going to be in a battle. It might cost you some family members. It might cost you some friends. It might cost you some workers. It might cost you loved ones. It might be very, very costly to you. He says, realize the cost here. He's not mincing words. He says, look at the cost. So for Barnabas, for Saul, for John Mark, the battle was on. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes Frank will come in in the morning on a Sunday morning and he'll have a bad morning or something like that, or I'll have a bad day. He'll just look at me in the eye and go, oh, it's on. And I know exactly what he's talking about. I know, I know exactly what he's talking about, you know, because that's all we need to say to each other is, oh, it's on. And we know the battle is raging, you know, because I tell you what, I'll tell you this. I'm not afraid to tell you. Some of the greatest arguments I ever had with my wife were on the way to church. And it wasn't on the way to church. It was even better on the way back from church. It's a great argument. Don't you see? You're being filled with the Word of God right now. You're being filled, and, and God is ministering to you in so many different ways. I'm not ministering to you. Jesus is ministering to you. Holy Spirit is ministering to you. And as soon as you walk out that door, he's waiting right out there, waiting for you to walk out so he can steal that joy. He can change it. Did he really say that? Oh, that you listen to that? Hey, yo, yo, come on. I mean, that's going to happen. It happens. It's real. It's spiritual. It's on. And know that it's on. It will always be on because you've made a profession of Christ. And for those of you who are new believers are probably thinking right now, whoa, what did I do? Hmm. Can I? uh..." Nope, sorry. No second chances. You can't rescind that. Hang around. In verses 9 through 11, it says, Then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all unrighteousness, or righteousness, excuse me, enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Now see, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for some time. And immediately a dark mist fell on them, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. The battle was raging, and Saul now gets a new name. He's called Paul. He's called Paul. Saul meant something really, really grand because he basically believed he was named after the first king of Israel, who was Saul, and it meant something grand. But Paul means little. means little. He now has this new name, Paul, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He discerns discernment. When you're dealing with spiritual warfare, discernment is huge. He discerns, I know what spirit you're of. You're the son of the devil. You're fraud. You're a fake. You're a phony. I know exactly where you're coming from. Paul exposes him. You're trying to thwart the gospel message. You're trying to stand in the way of God and this, and, and, and this man who's seeking salvation. Why? Because Satan knows the results of salvation. Satan knows what happens when you become born again. He knows that. Now, we give him way too much credit. He is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere at every time. We give him way too much credit. But he has his little buddies that he runs things about. Read the screw tape letters. What a great read. You get a better picture of that. But Elymas, the son of the devil, was not fighting against Paul. 
Oh, he had a much bigger foe that he was fighting against. He was fighting against God. He was fighting against God himself. And Paul, Paul wasn't fighting against Elymas. He was fighting against Satan himself. So you have God and Satan, the age-old battle, fighting again. Fighting again for what? For a man's soul. Fighting for a man's soul, just like they fought for my soul, just like they fought for your soul before you got saved. It was a huge fight that took place. It was very costly. God lost his only son. He gave up his only son to win the battle. Think of the cost. The huge cost. When we stand up for righteousness, a spiritual battle takes place. You proclaim to be a Christian, prove it. A spiritual battle takes place when you stand up for righteousness. Remember, though, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's not ours to fight. Some people take on the Satan. Go ahead. Let me know how that works out. Trust me on that one. We're going to come to a section, one of my most favorite scriptures. We're going to come to a section where a guy takes on Satan and ends up running away naked. <laughs> it comes up a little bit in a couple chapters in the book of Acts. John knew this. In John 1, in 1 John 4, 4, he says, You are God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with Jesus Christ, he's greater than anything the world has to offer. He's greater than anything that's in the world, and we have the victory right inside of us. He's there with us. We can be content to know that. And you may think, well, gee, he made this guy blind. That's pretty harsh punishment. Lord doesn't take it lightly when you come against him in this fashion. When you get in the way of someone being saved, the Lord does not take that very lightly. You might ask what bar Jesus' sin was that caused such a rebuke. It's true that he was resisting the word of God, but he was promoting a false understanding of the gospel. He was promoting a false understanding of the gospel, and this is harsh judgment that awaits all false teachers. All false teachers await this type of judgment. G. Campbell Morgan said, it's interesting Jesus never, ever had a severe word for the sinning man and the sinning woman. He never had a severe word for those who were caught in sin. But just read the words that he had for the elders and the religious leaders who were preaching against it, who were preaching against this type of thing. He had a lot to say about the false teachers and the false guides. My pastor, Pastor Frank, said, when we, need not, we need not be afraid when we're defending the faith against those who would try to steer God's people away from the truth. We need not be in fear. Look at the results. This is where we'll end. 12, 13, Acts. Then the proconsul believed. When he saw he had been done, he being astonished at the teaching of the Lord, he believed. Now when Paul and his party said... Sail from Paphos, they came to Persia and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. From these two scriptures, we see the results of this major battle that took place, probably the first battle in the missionary history, the first time it happened. First of all, we see victory. The gospel message prevailed. The man believed. The proconsul believed because he was astonished. He was astonished by what he saw, but it says he was astonished by the teaching of the Lord. He was astonished by what was being taught. He saw the miracle. The miracle reaffirmed the teaching, and he believed. The miracle reaffirmed that. The Word of God always prevails. The Word of God will never return void. It'll never come back void. The power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, are much more powerful than any spiritual demon 
or any demon that there is. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. And he will always win the battle. He will always win the battle if we stand close in him. If we hang on to him, he will win the battle. It's interesting that in Hughes' account of this, he reports that the salvation of Sergius Paulus is actually archaeologically proven. They did a dig in the area of Salamis in Cyprus, and they came across all these inscriptions of Sergius Paulus denoting that he was a Christian. Not only him, but his entire family was a Christian. So the Word of God did what it was supposed to do. The Lord won a mighty battle, and salvation reigned forth, and people were being saved. This must have been hugely encouraging to Barnabas and Saul. The gospel, the power of God to salvation, empowered by the Holy Spirit and armed with the Word of God, these first missionaries withstood the onslaught of the enemy. They held their ground, and the Lord prevailed. What was the result? Victory. But there was a casualty. There was a casualty. John Mark returned to Jerusalem. John Mark. You have no idea why he went back to Jerusalem. It never says. Some think that he got, some say that he got mad before because Scripture was saying Barnabas and Saul, but in the beginning of, chapter, of, of verse 13, it says Paul and his party. Maybe some people think he got mad that now all of a sudden his, his cousin Barnabas was pushed lower and Paul became the one who was leading the party and not Barnabas. We don't know. Was he afraid? Did he have a stomach not for missionary work? We have no idea. We do know that it was major. We do know it was a major contention because we're going to read that when Paul and Barnabas start out on their next journey, their next missionary journey, Barnabas gets John Mark and says, he's going. And Paul says, no, he's not. And John Barnabas says, yes, he is. He says, no, it's such a huge contention that they part company. Barnabas and John Mark go someplace else. Paul picks up a guy named Silas and Timothy and Luke, and they go another place. But all is not lost because in 2 Timothy 4, 22, Paul is writing from a prison. He specifically asks for John Mark. He specifically asks for John Mark. He says, come to me because he's helpful. He's helpful. And we also know, we also know that the beautiful gospel of Mark was written by none other than John Mark. God is a God of second chances. God is a God of third chances. And in my instance, God is a God of 157,915 chances. It's true that there's a mighty cost when you become a servant of the Lord. It's true that we have a battle. It's true that the circumstances of our life might be worse. But the joy of serving, the joy of seeing salvation, the joy of seeing people grow, the joy. I mean, think of your life before Christ. My life before Christ was full of despair, full of hopelessness, full of pain, full of anger, full of depression, full of who knows what substance I was trying to put into my body. It was full of of, nothing but havoc. It was crazy. It had no meaning. Now my life has meaning. My life has purpose. There's joy in my heart. You are sure. The stories you've been hearing about Peter, Paul, Stephen, and the many other followers of Jesus are meant to inspire you and encourage you. These brave people lived long ago and had the privilege of seeing the gospel message spread from its point of origin, Jesus himself. 
Their testimony and diligence in spreading the good news of hope and new life changed hearts and saved countless people, and continues on even today through the writings and Acts and the rest of the New Testament. However, the lives you were studying weren't without trial. Each disciple of Jesus faced persecution in some form, yet it never swayed them to abandon their faith. What difficulties are you facing for Jesus now? Don't lose heart. Remember that you're sharing the truth and that the truth can set people free. You have the Savior of the world on your side, and He will stand with you through every trial and triumph. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Assure Hope as we continue to study the book of Acts with Pastor Dave Shank. If you'd like to listen to more teachings, we invite you to visit our website, assurehoperadio.com. Feel free to download and share Pastor Dave's teachings or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Are you in the Cape May area? If so, we want to meet you. Come join us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Calvary Chapel, Cape May to learn more from the Word, sing praises to your Lord, and fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Find out more at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for joining us today on Assure Hope. Rescue.